It's Friday. It's 9 a.m. You know what that means. Another great episode of the Ringside Rant is with you this week. And introducing your host, he is Cincinnati's favorite son, J.D. Justin Davis. And from Rochester, New York, he is the man with the magical voice. RJ! And as always, welcome to Ranters Nation! Can't get enough wrestling talk? Well, check out Ringside Rant with top guys RJ and Justin, the kings of ranting. The new shows drop each Friday morning at nine Eastern, and it'll take you back to the good old days of pro wrestling, but also the not so good days. Ringside rant is available on all podcast platforms, as well as full press coverage, wrestling with genres network and the shining wizards network. You can also follow the show on Twitter at underscore ringside rant. It's ringside rant with RJ and Justin new shows drop Friday morning at nine Eastern. That's ringside rant with RJ and Justin, a couple of top guys doing top guy stuff. It's ringside rant with RJ and Justin new shows, Friday mornings, at nine Eastern. Welcome to the show this week. RJ here with you, JD. What's up, man? What's going on everybody. It's good to be back here on ringside rant talking some more 97 WCW. Yeah. We've really hit the uh, ground running with this, Justin. And we've gotten a lot of good reactions uh, to the, to the new scheduling. Uh, not so much the new format, like we've talked about before, uh, it's more of a, the scheduling makes everything a little bit easier. Um, we're going to chronological for that month. We got a lot of good stuff coming up the rest of the year. Um, obviously with December here leading up to Starcade 97 and then, uh, starting next year, hot in, uh, beginning of the year, we'll announce that towards the end of the month, probably our last episode we'll mention, uh, what we're going to be doing at least the first month of in, uh, in January there. Uh, but I will say that a lot of people will definitely enjoy it. Yeah, for sure. I am looking forward to this new focus on our show. I think it's a really good, uh, good idea. I think it, you know, for you guys that weren't around watching this in 1997, it gives you the whole month of shows for us to talk about and kind of give you a real, we try to give you as much, uh, of a picture of what was going on in wrestling at that time. Oh, without, without question. And like I said, like you said, if a lot of people that weren't born at this time, some of you may not have been, uh, but uh, it'll kind of give you a little dive deep into this, uh, to this episode uh, into this format as well. Uh, so, but if you want to watch this before I, I, I feel free to go watch this nitro before uh, give you a little context to it. Uh, but without further ado, Justin, uh, we're going to have a couple of the, uh, as one Conrad Thompson likes to say, a few Easter eggs this week. New, a little new, uh, what, what do you want to call them? Drops, you know, little nuggets of information. Drop them yeah. into this episode. Um, so hopefully you guys enjoy that. Let us know what you think. It's something that Justin came up with. I'll give him all the credit because it was his idea. <laughs> Well, we just wanted to make it more uh, kind of interactive, give some drops from the show so you guys can hear hear it as we talk about it. Yeah. 
So without further ado, let's send it up to the ring to Mr. Rich Palladino. It's the opening contest. All right, Justin. So this is the 15th of December, 1997 for the Nitro, coming to you from Charlotte, North Carolina, the Independence Arena. Uh, this is the hotbed of WCW in 97, man. Uh, and the hotbed of WCW in general, uh, just because it goes back to the old Crockett days, the early WCW days as well. Um, this arena is red hot, man, at, at, from the start to the be- from the beginning to the end. Yeah, the fans are fired up for the show for sure. You know, Charlotte is obviously horseman country. We have a horseman promo with Arn and Rick when they come out here early in the show. Um, and, of course, Rick is in the main event. Um, so they're definitely trying to kind of make it Rick's night here in Charlotte. Yeah, NWO comes out to start the show, but there's no Kevin Nash, but uh, Mashihiro Chono is out here too. Do you have any memory of Chono, or is it just basically watching, rewatching it? Yeah, I don't. I mean, I remember him being there and kind of being like, "Why in the hell is he in here?" Right, right. Uh, but you know, that's about all. I don't really remember a lot about him back then. But but it's the same thing when they put uh, Great Muda in the NWO too. They try to branch out, and I think in that aspect they did it correctly, where they're trying to expand the NWO to a new or uh, to a uh, J- Japanese faction as well because when you go Mm -hmm. over that new japan wcw uh partnership that eric had with them and wcw had with them uh they they tried to uh uh, get that connection merchandise merchandise because christ man nwo's shirts were all over the goddamn place at this time oh yeah we noticed that last week um the nwo shirts are definitely in full force here out in the, in the crowd mm-hmm. um you know i would say in these days the crowd is probably split 50 50 as far as mm-hmm. anti-nwo and for the nwo right which, which was interesting to see because i really don't watching this stuff live you don't really take it into context, but going back and watch it at once, twice, three times, however many, you know, I'd watch it like two or three times in preparation for the show, but it, it, it's obvious at this point. And I'm surprised that I'm like, oh, Christ, I didn't pick it up at that time. Then again, I was also 13 years old. So um, <laughs> you don't really yeah. take into account that much, but uh, Kurt Henning is a current U S champion and he accepts a challenge for a, a cage match. Uh, from last week and says he's going to retire Ric Flair on the 28th of December at Starcade in DC. Uh, do you see that these two guys, cause you're going to get a lot of people out there that saying these two guys are over the hill. They're too old. Keep in mind, they're in their forties, man. <laughs> you know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. I mean, Hennig, he's not really too old. He might be too hurt. I mean, right. he's not he's not the same Kurt Hennig that he was in 1990 or 89 in the WWE. Right. Um, you know, he has back issues and things, but he still gets it done. You yeah. know, but but the thing with this is though is Kurt Hennig would be this is 97. He'd be wrestling all the way until pretty much 2003. Ric Flair would be wrestling into until well into the mid 2000s until yesterday or something yeah until yesterday until he stopped <laughs> until until he stopped uh to wrestle in uh in mexico there uh but yeah it, it's just unreal to see the comparison of people saying back then oh these guys are so old the hogan and piper stuff we'd see 
Uh, it's just like, what the fuck, man? You know, these guys are in their forties. I'm like, I'm a, we're almost in our forties. It's like, holy shit. <laughs> well, yeah, the same WWE fans that shit all over Hogan and Piper back then are also the same ones years later, hoping the Undertaker would come back for his 84th WrestleMania. So yeah, yeah, right, and still go in, but he, but he lost that once. Yeah, but yeah, it, it, it's interesting to see it here. But we, uh, we're gonna see Hogan out there as well spouting off his normal bullshit uh leading up to this match with sting at starcade uh but he vows to look through every inch and cranny of this arena to make sure that sting is done finito tonight so you know what that means he's showing up tonight oh for sure (laughs) but it's just it's unreal that these guys are still over here in 97. They were a year and year and a half pretty much after they, they debuted here in the, in the summer uh, of, of 96. Uh, but man, it's just unreal how popular that they are right now. Good, bad, and different. I think everybody had an NW shirt back in the day. Mm-hmm. My question is why, you know, why they replan those filthy comments that Ric Flair made about the best there is, the best there was, and the best there ever will be next last week. Jim Kelly? <laughs> yeah, Jim Kelly. <laughs> Kelly. Uh, no, and that's, I was going to go there next too, is that they're setting this up, man. They really are. But is this something that we really want to see though? Bret Hart and Ric Flair and WCW? I don't, I don't understand why they put those two together out of the shoot like that. I mean, A, not only are you going to ruin his WCW run by bringing him in as a fucking referee, mm-hmm. but now you're going to have a babyface, babyface pay-per-view match to start off. You know, I don't mm-hmm. know. I just thought that was awkward. I enjoyed it. I liked the, the feud between them. I actually liked the promos that they cut. And when Rick was like, now tell me again, that little thing you say about how you was the best yesterday and tomorrow and all that shit. And they had some pretty good promos and stuff together and they had a good match. It's just a weird way to start things off with Brett, I think. Yeah. It's I, I'm pretty sure that they had no idea what the hell they were going to do with Bret Hart. So they throw him out. What the fuck we'll throw him against Ric Flair and he'll, he'll, he'll make, he'll make it work. He'll make it work. They'll make it do. Yeah. I mean, maybe just trying to get him over because you know, Flair will put him over. Um, I don't know. It just, it, it was awkward. I, especially when you have this lead up with the NWO and him and Bischoff's kind of feud, why wouldn't you put him against like Scott Hall or something? Hey, yo, that would make too much sense though. That's a problem. But you know, something that really clearly did not make any sense was Vincent here. (laughs) Uh, Taking on. Oh man. When I saw him walking out in this first match, I'm like, what a way to open a fucking show. And the crowd was dead silent when Vincent came out. No one gave a fuck. Well, there were dead silence in the 80s, too, when he was Virgil, too, with DiBiase. It's like, what the fuck, man? Just I I get you. I get that you want to put him out here. I I get that you want to get Ray Trailer over. Uh, But fucking Vincent's not the answer, man. Fuck no. Especially... At this point, he's not in near the shape he was in 1992 Wait, when he had that little match with uh, you're talking trailer, Ted, right? Ted DiBiase. No, I'm talking about Vincent. Oh, right. Oh, right, right. Well, how can you fucking tell? He's got a fucking baggy NWO shirt. I know. Well, that, there's a reason for that. Well, no shit. But it's like he's training with Rocky Balboa or something. 
in the gym. It's like, come on, dude, at least do something. But he gets his ass kicked here in a minute, based just over a minute and a half uh, with the boss man slam, which or modify the trailer trash, whatever the fuck you want to call it. Uh, and uh, at least that's what, at least that's what today calls it. Well, <laughs> in this case, the boss man put trailer trash on trailer trash. Potato, potato. <laughs> but the rest of the NWO basically doesn't bother to come out uh, proving that Vincent was basically worthless in the yeah. NWO. Uh, but how, how bad must your career have fallen when you have to wrestle Vincent? <laughs> yeah, well, the boss man, you know, he's just kind of getting back into things here in WCW a little bit because mm-hmm. um, he took some time away, came back. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. At least it got him a win or kind of, you know. Well, and I think because this is when did he end up joining the NWO? Because he was it was far after this, right? Because he's early in his career as WCW run here, right? Well, he, he had been he, he got there in like 95 or four, didn't he? And then he kind of was the boss and then. Yeah. He was, I don't know, all kinds of different gimmicks kind of for a so, minute. So it's pretty much after this. So I think that the NWO to him really was the, you know, resurgent of his career. Whether you liked him in the NWO or not, it, it was honestly, it was the best for trailer at that point, because after soon after that, he'd go back to uh, the WWE and become part of the corporation with uh, Vince and Shane and all that shit. And that got even more, even more over. And then he had that fucking hideous fucking match with the uh, hell in the cell with the undertaker. He was basically hung from the the cell by a new, it's like, what the fuck, man? I guess, (laughs) I guess we're going to kill you off now. I did like his updated cop outfit though. When he came back. Oh, the tactical stuff. Yeah. That that was was fucking over. You know, and speaking of tactical stuff, did you see fucking the good, uh, Good attorney, Mike Dawkins, the gimmick attorney. I did. And I see two E2 with Tony. Mm-hmm. Holy shit. He, I, I put this out on Twitter at, uh, at underscore ringside ran. If you don't follow, follow the show or, or, and, or me, you can follow JD at JD underscore, or excuse me, JD 2040. Excuse me. Uh, but I, I, I said that he should make an addendum to his title uh, of uh, Michael gimmick attorney, the most jacked gimmick attorney. Dawkins. No, he probably is. He's got uh, to be. We might have to have a match between Dawkins and Stephen P. New for yeah. top attorney. Ooh, yeah. You, get- yeah. <laughs> you can throw Michael Amend in there too, right? Oh, yeah. Three way action. Yeah. Triple threat, man. Amend's a pussy, though. He'll lose that. He'll he'll lose that. He'll just job right Stephen out. P. Stephen P. New is it? <laughs> no. At least, I mean, he, he might put up a fight. He deals with Cornette all the time. Yeah, maybe Stephen P. New has some Lucha, Lucha Libre moves. You never know. Hey, you, ne- you never know. That freaking, <laughs> yeah. Anybody that listens to Cornette knows the, all the sayings are about to say. I don't want gimmick infringement. I don't want a cease and desist order coming to my <laughs> house with all the bullshit that uh, Cornette says. But honestly, with that being said, J.D., I just want to take a moment here. We got it to um, send our thoughts and prayers down to uh, Kentucky, everybody affected by the mm-hmm. tornadoes. Um, I, I've talked to numerous people good uh good sister uh uh top gal amy uh who basically told me that they are they were they're okay their town however not is not of mayfield kentucky um no it is a lot of devastation and same with um timmy c and angel um if Mm. i i i know 
I, I know we normally don't plug a lot of uh, things on the show as far as, Hey, let's, let, let's raise money for these people or those people or whatever, but find it in your hearts. I know it's a time, the season of giving Christmas time, holiday season, uh, things may be stre- or a little stretched at the moment, but see if you can find a few little few bucks here, a few bucks there to donate to the Red Cross um, Tornado Relief Fund. Um, you can go right online to the Red Cross and donate there. Or GoFundMe. There's numerous GoFundMe's out there. Um, I, I implore you all to do that just because it, they're hurting, man. They really are. Yeah, it's crazy to have such wild uh, weather in December like that. Um, but here, the what the um, the temperatures have been going up and down a lot and we got, we kind of got, we had a warm front come in and then we had some cold air come and that seemed to be the, the, the ignite the problem down there. But um, glad Amy and everybody and her family is okay. And Timmy and Angel, of course, and their family, I'm glad everybody seems to be doing all right. Mm-hmm. So, Another group of people that are doing really all right are the Nitro Grills. So we see them right after this match doing their normal shtick uh, before the next match, which is the uh, two-time WCW TV champion, Disco Inferno. Taking I'm telling on, you, taking we've been talking on, about him. Yeah, yeah we, it's your fault that he's fucking champion now because you've been talking about him too much. Well, uh, hey. Did that? Did the fans not pop bigger than hell when he won that match on this show? Oh yeah, that's probably the biggest pop he's ever heard in his life. <laughs> I know. Uh, and then, yeah. they, then they were kind of. It was a funny dig by Tony. He's like, "The win streak is at two. <laughs> it's called a. It's a streak. Yeah, one more uh, and it's a winning streak. That's yeah, what they say go. in Major League. Yeah, was it? Uh, what's his face? Oh, I can't forget his goddamn name. Uh, Brown is his name. Whatever. Whatever. Uh, Disco Inferno's taking on Yuji Nagata with Sonny Ono. Uh, finally, somebody deserving of a TV title shot is Yuji Nagata. Uh, I don't understand why they never put the strap on him or any straps on him. I, I don't know if it's just a matter of, hey, he's a foreigner or he's uh, whatever. That may have been the case because he goes back and forth between Japan and, and the States, but Shit, man, the guy that really deserved a title or title around his waist. Good match here, though. Yeah. Um, you know, what's his name gets involved towards the end. Um, Sonny Sonny Ono. And kind of gets uh, the stunner over the rope. And then he goes ahead and stuns uh, Eugene Nagata, too, and gets the victory. Gimmick infringement. I'm sure he'll get a gimmick or a cease and desist order from one Stone Cold. What did the, what did he call it though? He had a name. It wasn't. Um, it was called the uh, top. Disc? The chart chart topper. Oh, right chart there. chart chart buster. Okay. And uh, I I I just I never got it, man. And we talked about this last week when he was on our. I'm gonna sing a song again. He's so cocky. He's so cool. He's just a disco dancing fool. <laughs> you, you through? You I think. I you think you think. good? Because yeah, nah, I'll just I'll just sit back and let you sing if you want. It's mama, not a big... mama. I'm about to dance. I'm getting excited again about disco. No, don't, don't, don't. I'm gonna play some Bee Gees here in a minute. Yeah, I would say you're going to your ball game tonight. You might as well just start playing the Bee Gees in the truck. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that match lasts about four minutes, 32 seconds with uh, Disco retaining the title. 
Uh, like I said, it just it blows my mind that how Nagata has not been a champion at this point. I guess that's something that we could always ask Eric later on too. Of hey, why wasn't this? Uh, why wasn't this guy a champion? Because he obviously had the look, he had the build, uh, he had the skills. Uh, you know, why wasn't he? But uh, a couple of guys that really deserved to champ- be champions and were uh, at this time and going forward were uh, Dean Malenko and Fit Finley coming out here. Uh, and this is the third week in a row where we're going to see Eddie Guerrero providing some extra special color commentary for the fans on the uh, Dean Malenko match, really revving up this this match coming up between them at Starcade. Yeah, good match here with Finley and Malenko. Finley gets the upset after Eddie run in. Um, and, you know, just a good way to build more heat between Eddie and Dean going into their match. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, and, and Eddie, just like I said, the third week in a row, he's really talking about how boring Malenko is. Yeah, he's like, you should ride with this guy on the road. It's the most boring shit ever. And, and, and it's and it's funny. He mentioned something about his reaction to his wife telling him that they had twins or something. I forgot the exact yeah. what exactly he said, <laughs> but it's just it, Eddie was just so god damn. He was just so good, man. Off the on the mic, off the mic, in the ring, out of the ring, whatever. He had it. Yeah. Uh, no doubt. No doubt. I love Eddie. And I love him here in 97, uh, 98. That's probably maybe in my opinion right now in WCW 97 Eddie Guerrero is the best wrestler in the world in my oh, by far by far by far and we're just out of we're a month or two out of seeing him and Ray go at it at Halloween Havoc uh their classic match and mm-hmm. you know now they're going with Dean and Eddie dude how how over geez, it's just unbelievable how over e- even Malenko. Oh yeah. Malenko is over. Whether, whether, whether the you, know, you like him or not, he's literally the ice man. Cause he has no expression. I've never seen him smile. Mm-hmm. Or whether it's, you know, whether it be backstage interviews or on screen, off screen at conventions or whatever, he's just, maybe that's just who he is. But it's like just one time I want to see him smile. I met Dean at Starcast, and yeah. uh, he was a really cool guy. Yeah. Was it Vegas? No, that was in uh, Chicago. The first one, okay. Second or third, whatever. It I was the I third Starcast because the second one was in Vegas. Yeah, right. Okay. But another thing that I did notice too is how do you think Dean can really work Finley's hard style? We saw that here. They had a couple of bot. They had a couple of flubs with yeah. uh, with the power bomb spot. Um, but do you think that, or is it just a bad matter of contrasting styles between Malenko and Finley? Yeah, I mean, Finley's definitely bringing in that old, you know, that same kind of style kind of as a William Regal, that English brawling type style. Um, and, you know, Dean can work with anybody. It, it, I thought the match was fine, personally. I, I, I knew when I saw Eddie on there that probably Eddie was going to interfere at the end of this thing. And I'll tell you, he it's so funny how we watched all this growing up and there's still a lot that I see. And I just think, Oh, I forgot that that happened. You know, mm-hmm. that's why I really like going back and watching this stuff because it jogs my memory on a b- bunch of this stuff that I haven't really thought about in a long time. Yeah. You know, you know, another thing that really re re, re- my memory was how, how many 
wrestlers had the mullet at this time? Oh God. Finley's mullet was unbelievable in this. Well, but what, did you like his or Eddie's? His his fin, fin, Finley? It looked so trashy. That's why I love it. <laughs> oh man. But yeah, it's just unbelievable because you had Armstrong had one. You had fucking Nick Patrick had one. It's just like, God damn, son. I'm like, obviously I'm jealous because I don't have I have not ben, very ben Maw. Benoit yeah. had one for a while. I don't for a know. while, then yeah, then he caught it. But yeah, it's mullet, mullet, mullet is definitely over here in 1997. And I, that's one hairstyle I never had. No, I didn't. Obviously, I didn't either. I, I can't. My hair goes out. It doesn't go down. My friend had a rat tail when we was in kindergarten. Did you, did you pull, pull him around by his uh, rat tail? <laughs> we should have cut it off. Oh, there you go. You can pull Michael Hayes, pull cut off the ponytail <laughs> like the plane ride from hell. Uh, but like I said, they're really going all in with this Eddie and Dean rivalry, man. And 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 rightfully so, because yeah. they're two of the best workers at this time, uh, if not of all time. Mm-hmm. And you know, we're really gonna see it culminate at uh, at Starcade here in a matter of two weeks. Ooh, yeah. Get- yep, I'm I'm excited to watch that match again. Yeah, I'm going to have to go back. I've watched it a couple times already, and I'm probably going to go back and, uh, and and watch it again. we got a great match coming up, though, too, in Rey Mysterio Jr. and Juventud Guerrero versus La Parca and Psychosis. I really enjoyed this match. There was some good shit in this. Probably you know, the match of the match of the card here on Nitro. Yeah, but honestly, any, any match that has uh, Hoovy and and ray tag man i know shit i know that's that's one that i was like i don't remember this i don't remember them tagging and but man it was such a good fun match i love i love la parka la parka is hilarious you you know and i actually just physically just got a message from our good friend and listener uh devilish devin dowling and he brings up a good point i want to uh pointed out now instead of in our listener question portion of the show is he wanted to know you know and i think this is a question that really should be answered is do you think that uh Hoovy and ray should have actually been a tag team and actually gone after the straps i mean that would have been cool i think it's hard when the outsiders are the tag team champions mm-hmm. or will be um or was whatever you want um it's hard when you got big guys like them or the Steiners mm-hmm. and you have to sell that Mysterio and Juventud can beat them, which, you know, obviously Ray Mysterio became a world champion, but um, I don't know. I think it would have been a hard sell at that point. Yeah, because you have, this is the era of the big guys and you're going to see a lot of the cruiserweights time and time again, all the shows that we've done for WCW, the cruiserweights have always been, you know, the lead in match or they've been the mid card. They haven't really been in those big time spotlights as far as the tag team straps or the TV TV title uh, straps until later on. Um, but like you said, it's unreal. Just the ability of all four of these guys, La Parca and even the psychosis too, man, a very underrated uh, being La Parca and psychosis as well. Oh, yeah, I love them both. But, you know, La Parca just always did funny shit in the ring, and it just always cracked me up. Um, but 
And I saw on Twitter this week about, hmm. or maybe it was last week, about Laparka punching a fan when the fan did something. Did you see that? Yeah, I saw that. Yeah. <laughs> he yeah. just gave him a straight stone cold pump right in the face. I, I just, I, yeah, I never, I, I never take too much of that shit into consideration. I always wait to see any type of rumor and innuendos. I always try to give it at least a little bit of time. See who, excuse me, who reports it. And whether it be then, now, whatever. If if it's ringside news, it fucking didn't happen. No. Honestly, if it's two, two, either three sites, Fightful, and we'll give them shout outs here. Fightful, Wrestling Inc., and WrestleZone. Those three sites, and even Pro Wrestling Insider. Basically, anybody besides Dave fucking Meltzer. <laughs> In ringside news. But yeah, Not man. to be confused with ringside rant. Ringside. No, don't, no, God, no. Don't confuse us, please. <laughs> Crave. I'm like, that'll be the do- complete downfall of this show for sure. I'm sure, I'm sure. I'm sure a few people wouldn't mind that, but fuck, man. I kind of mind that. But yeah, at the end of this match, they uh, they get a 450 splash to psychosis, and the the announcers, um, Larry and them, really put that that 450 move over. Yeah, because you don't really they Hoovy's really the only one that does it at this time. Because mm-hmm. there's not really anybody else that can a hit it and b execute it correctly, and actually hit the move. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, man, the match was. I wasn't going into it with a lot of expectations and it blew me out of the water. It really did. Yeah. But it, but it did take a little, take a little bit time to get started though. That's the only down negative ish comment I can really say about it. But um, yeah, man, it's, it's just unreal seeing these guys at this time, but uh, our two Christ, man, I want to see how people bitch and moan at this time about a three hour, <laughs> three hour Monday night show. But uh, we still have Shivani today and Heenan on, on commentary and we see Orkland in. Um, so was this their first three hour nitro? Close to it, man. I really think it was. I, last week was two hours, right? Oh shit. I'd have to go back. And I think it was. And I, I don't know. We'd have to, I should have looked that up. Let me see. Uh, Cause I'm pretty sure. Yeah. It might've been man, because last week might've been two. Might have been three hours last week, too. I don't know. Who knows? Uh, but we're seeing Oakland in the ring right now, and he welcomes Arn Anderson to the ring to a fucking huge-ass pop because, obviously, the horsemen are over in, in Charlotte. Yep. And uh, not spend too much time on this, but they're, uh, they got two uh, police officers in the ring representing the Charlotte PD, uh, and uh, Flair um, gives him a check for fifteen grand for the memorial for the policemen who lost their lives in the line of duty in Charlotte. Um, and obviously we see Doug Dillinger head of security is out there as well. Um, and then obviously they go off, Flair goes off with another promo about uh, uh, Henning and basically calling him out tonight. Yep. And the whole NWO can't beat the nature boy up in Charlotte, Jack. Woo! Can't get much better than that. My friend can't, can't, can't go on from there. Jack uh, daddy, even, brother, even though, even though we will. <laughs> Brother Jack Daddy. Right. Um, and then we we see Mr. Uh, Knapp himself, J.J. Dillon. And Okerla wants J.J. to be make the rules a little bit more clear for the match between Zabisco and Bischoff at Starcade. Um, 
Yeah. You know, obviously they're they're hyping up. They all want bit. They all want Bischoff to get what he deserves, mm-hmm. which gets him to come out and you know cut the promo that he always does so well at. Yeah. Um, so they basically say that they allow Eric to do his jujitsu shit in the match, so he can kick and head kicks are legal and all this shit. And submissions are illegal as well. So I I was like, why wouldn't submissions be legal? <laughs> you know? Right. You think it would just be a regular fucking match, I guess. <laughs> but, you know, I, I guess they actually have to make sure that everybody knows that for sure. Uh, so our next match, I, well, for our next match, we have to mention the Nitro Girls specifically. Each and every week, this goes out to you, Frank Bruno. The Nitro Girls we're going to mention every time they come out. So I'm sure he'll pop second appearance of, I think three appearances again for the night. I believe so. I think they do it at a couple of the quarter hours, but um, next match is Scott Hall. Hey, yo. And uh, and Chris Jericho, another short match here. Hall gets his, Hall gets his shit in against Jericho with the outsider's edge for the three count at two minutes, 30, yeah, two minutes, 33 seconds. But you know, Jericho gets his shit in too, man. Yeah. Um, yeah, we had Jericho beating Hall a few weeks ago, right? So now right. this is Make they're gonna have it. a rematch, yeah. And it's think, pretty much a Jericho squash. Kinda. Do you think it was too short though? Obviously, Jericho later on would get his push, but do you think this was just hey, we're trying to get Hall over? Yeah, I guess. I mean, it, it did seem weird that it was that short, right? Um, so we're not gonna spend too much time in these next two ish matches or whatever because they really shouldn't fucking happen but the scheduled event or scheduled match was steve mcmichael take it on ming which never happened because we saw goldberg again backstage taking mcmichael out probably kicked him in the head probably and probably got him concussed and whatever but Oh, fucking, I, I just hate Goldberg. Um, anyways, you can see JJ come out and over and goes over and tells Goldberg that since he knocked out McMichael, he has to replace Mongo in his match against Ming. And Goldberg, probably the only f- freaking comment that he can make is if you want another victim, you got it. Who gives a shit? Yeah, and then the match doesn't even happen. It's just like, what the fuck, man? Why... Mongo comes, up, Mongo comes up and starts hitting Goldberg with some really shitty forearm shots. You know, the only good part about this match is that it never happened. And we get the Nitro Girls, Nitro Girls right after this again. There we go. So we're moving on because we have to. When you ever talk about Goldberg, you have to move on. Uh, so we're going to see the WCW World Tag Team Champions. It's Rick and Scott Steiner with Ted DiBiase. <laughs> Taken on Conan and Scott Norton, dude. This was a fucking match. Yeah, and the cut. Uh, the cool thing is the managers on both sides. One right. of them is Ted DiBiase, and one of them is Virgil. Ironic, I think not. But just pretty much four of the most unsung talent at this time. And I'm not talking about Vincent and DiBiase, obviously. You know, Conan and Norton try to get that Pearl Harbor job on them and get the early, early kick in there. But we uh, we'd see then uh, the Steiners and uh, the Steiners go over with their bulldog finish 
And uh, obviously Vincent has to fucking get involved, but thank God he gets kicked in the face. Yeah. Um, I really like Scott Norton in this era. I really think mm-hmm. that he's like the low key MVP of, of the NWO. But even have you seen him recently? Norton that is no dude. He is still fucking jacked, man. Is he? Cause he was on, I want to he was on one, one of the uh, uh, dark side of the rings. Oh yeah, the the Korean one. The Korean one, yeah, yeah, yeah. Fuck, man. Just that, dude, if I... If you can get intimidated by anybody actually just just speaking, it's fucking Scott Norton, man. Mm -hmm. And I think he did... And in 97, he did his best work. And he did a lot of good work in Japan, too. He he wrestled on us every week. You know, he was putting in work at at this time. Mm -hmm. He wasn't like... You know, Hall of Nash or Hogan and wrestling once a month or once a couple times a month or something. Mm. And then at the end here, we're going to see a three on two on uh, on the Steiners until Ray Trailer comes back out and makes uh, makes the save for the uh, for the Steiner brothers. Uh, so, yeah. which I which spoil alert, we're going to hear that again at the end of the show. Uh oh, yeah, I know. Uh oh, you better be scared. And no, I'm not singing because I just that that's Justin's gig. That's not mine. Um, so another you know low key good rivalry, good match here between uh, Randy Savage Ooh, yeah. and uh, Booker T. Man out again. Yeah, in in a decent decent match. Not that you know. You're no, not I like get, this match. It, it's not a two minute match. It's not a one minute match. It's pr- it's almost it's about six and a half minutes long, man. And for a three hour show, that's pretty fucking good. Yeah, I, I thought this was one of the best matches on the card. This one yeah. and and that tag team match. <clears throat> I just always like I love Macho Man. I love Hill Elizabeth getting involved and you know cheating to help him. Um, overall, just good solid match. You can't go wrong with Booker T and Randy Savage. You know, and you hear Tanae say during this match, uh, "It's just part of the madness of that surrounds Randy Savage, man." Or as Mean Gene says, "Savage." That too, that too. But no, man, Tanae doesn't get the credit that he deserves for uh, for this time, man, because he puts a lot of these guys over. Yeah, Macho Man elbow, nails his elbow while Liz wakes up the ref for the yeah. one, two, three. One, Perfect two, three, fucking man. finish to it. I like that. You know, and, and I think Savage got Booker over at this point, man. Mm-hmm. And because... Because if Savage has to cheat to beat Booker, yeah. that makes Booker look good. Exactly, exactly. So we get the kickoff of our number three with the Nitro Girls, which why not? Why not? Uh, and uh, we're going to see the continuation of this uh, Chris Benoit and the uh, Flock feud here. He's going to be taking on Scotty Riggs with obviously no Raven again at, uh, at ringside. Uh, but Benoit hits the diving headbutt and then calls out the Flock before applying the cripple cross face. <laughs> cross face there we go and uh you know benoit man really getting his uh, uh microphone skills here getting his chops yeah. taken care of here man yeah which which was shocking to be honest with you i like this feud benoit and the flock um just overall good way to spotlight chris benoit mm-hmm. you know and really kind of t- i think during this time he's taken another step up you know, 
Right. And I think Raven helped out quite a bit with this too. As much as he was not on the screen, he was helping Benoit off on screen in, in mm-hmm. the ring because he was just basically throwing everybody in his flock against him and really making him work for it. Yeah. Um, you know, but another guy that made made a lot of people work for it was JJ uh, Dillon's out again. Makes everybody work for oh, it. Oh, and yeah. work to stay awake. Yeah, basically. But we're going to see a good uh, good promo here from Eric Bischoff. So I'm going to you know go over to that right now and we'll come back in a little bit after we listen to it and get your reaction to it. It's real simple. I want to know who he thinks he's going to use for a referee in my match. Well, you've gone through everything now. It's a referee. Will you give me a break? I can come up with a qualified referee. Randy Anderson. Don't get me better than him. Another fat guy. No, I don't think so. Let me tell you something. I want a tall referee. A tall referee that can see everything from every angle. Kevin Nash, take it or leave it. Oh, no, 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 not Kevin Nash. That's ridiculous. He's asking for Kevin Nash. You know what'll happen there. Scott Dickinson. Now, Scott Dickinson is very qualified. JJ, you can't keep picking guys fatter than you. I move. I go. Well, maybe you've got a suggestion. Somebody that can keep up with me. Give me a suggestion. Six. Six. Hey, listen, he's got a bad neck. He can't hurt anybody. Oh, get lost. He's going to call it right down the middle. I don't think he's physically up to the chore. Anyway, JJ, this is like a test again for you. I think I've got it figured out where he's going. I'll tell you what. What if I pick somebody, one of your guys, and I'll agree to it. I'll agree to pick one of your guys to be the referee, but, but, but you let me pick which one. Wait a minute, wait a minute. No, no. You're going to pick an NWO guy? One of his guys. One of your guys. No, don't. What's... But I got to pick which one. No problem. Scott Norton, Conan, Bucks, the stuff. You name it. You we have got is, a deal. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Is no problem the same as yes? yes. You pick yes. Did he say yes? What, what, what's JJ doing here? Well, now that we got that little thing out of the way. Ironed out. We, would you like to meet who I've picked? Right now. Right now? Right now. Me, Gene, why don't we bring the man out that's going to referee this match? Okay. It's me. Oh! There he is! Ladies and gentlemen, there he is! The referee, Brett the Hitman Hart, has arrived to Nitro! He is here in Charlotte to referee Eric Bischoff's match at Starcade! Justin, that promo man, that's really setting up this Zabisco and Bischoff match to really mean something now. Yeah. Having having Bret Hart come out, man. Holy shit. Yeah. And obviously, you know, Bischoff thinks that Brett's gonna that he's in his back pocket. And you know, then Brett tells him, Yeah, you know, no one knows better than me how it is to be screwed by a referee. 
Well, but that's perfect, man. But that's the shit that you want because you know you're not going to get a fucking 16-star match in the Tokyo Dome match out of Zabisco and Bischoff. You know, it's yeah. going to be that attraction. You're not watching this pay-per-view being Starcade for fucking Bischoff and Zabisco. Some are maybe, but you're 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 getting this pay-per-view. You're buying this pay-per-view for Sting and Hogan. Mm-hmm. And this is just continuing to develop the character that Eric Bischoff was. And it was trying to be as that dashardly heel in the NWO. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, it's a good setup here. Um, I, the one thing that I was always pissed about when I was a kid, I remember this specifically, I was all excited for Brett's, you know, nitro debut. And then when I hear that goddamn hick country music they're playing for his for his music you for know who again mean? i'm sorry for brett oh for brett like, okay right bow, 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 bow. right it's like it's uh, really weird and i hated it because i always loved brett's wwe music so much so i was like oh god they're gonna put some shitty wcw music behind him and it's just the wcwization of brett's character and i was hating it and that, I don't think I didn't really enjoy it either. You know, get, just getting Bret Hart there in general is good, but fuck, man, you you had to you make the best of it. You know, you're not going to get, uh, you know, 1995, 96 Bret in the WWF here. Obviously, you know, you're going to get you got to make the best out of it. And that's why I think they threw him with flares, tried to see to gauge the audience to see what they were, you know, what the audience felt about it. And I think that it will work for the most part, I think. But uh, shit, one thing that really was up in the air still was this whole fucking feud with Lex Luger and Buff Bagwell that were up next. Uh, Bagwell still calling himself the real total package. Um, but total package of shit. Pretty much. But, you know, Luger can't beat Buff and he will definitely never beat Buff, he says. Uh, this was probably the one and only time that Bagwell was even close to main eventing any type of fucking event for WCW. Yeah, this, this, I liked the little Luger feud with Bagwell. Um, you know, it's, it's just good to heal stuff because everyone knows Bagwell's body ain't as good as Lex's. Oh, but, clearly. But he's going to tell everyone it is. And, you know, overall, I enjoyed it. But this match didn't go very far. No. Um, because Vincent and Scott Norton come down when Bagwell gets put in the torture rack. Yeah. Another, another shoddy DQ finish for him. Um, but where do you honestly, and honestly, to, to really. Yeah, get... they disqualified for throw, uh, Luger for throwing Bagwell over the, over top. the top rope. WCW like, rules. I never understood why WCW sometimes. That was enforced... like the Crockett rule. They enforced it sometimes, but not always. It was yeah. just random when they decided that that was a rule. They they always did it and decided it was a rule when it benefited them most, when they didn't know what the fuck to do. Mm-hmm. And this was one of those aspects because what the hell are you going to do with this Luger and Bagwell? They're, they're, your options are limited with their in-ring ability. You know, Bagwell's promo skills are getting a little bit better at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, Luger's Luger. You know, obviously he's a changed person between 97 and today, obviously. Uh, but fuck, man, you just, 
you're so limited in what you can do with these two guys. And it's probably just hard to try to book or write for these guys, these two guys. Yep. Uh, but two guys that you really aren't really hard up to find shit for Kurt Henning and, and Ric Flair Henning, like I said, is the current uh, WCW US champion. And uh, Ric Flair is the man, man. Whether you like him or not, he's the man still at this time at 97 and still main eventing shows. Um, but this match, basically another match doesn't fucking take place. Yeah. Um, Flair comes out in a blue robe, his one blue robe that he wore a lot, but he has red boots and tights underneath of it, which was it, was this, was this, this is the Royal blue one, right? Mm-hmm. The Royal blue and silver. Yeah, and they, okay. but then he has red on underneath, which was confusing. But whatever, Nature Boy is the Nature Boy, and he can do whatever the fuck he wants. Well, yeah, it's Nature Boy. Yeah, the Nature Boy is going to do Nature Boy stuff. Woo! Fuck, man, he can do whatever the hell he wants. <laughs> and yeah. to, to, to this day, too. <laughs> yeah. Unless Wendy uh, says he can't. Um, but, I don't know. This match, yeah, like you said, didn't go anywhere because here come everybody and their brother to interrupt this match yeah and uh we're still gonna see the nwo come out to close the show typical wcw nitro and then uh ddp decides to come out too (laughs) yeah uh so i but also congratulations to ddp just got engaged again so saw that online on social media yeah i did too so congratulations i'm sure he's listening another main event spot though for kurt hennig here We've been talking. He's been in a few of them here yeah, lately. Yeah, and, but rightfully so. You know, you put the strap on him. You try to get, and I think at this time he's doing that whole uh, what kind of CM Punk is doing now in W in um, AEW is try to get the younger talent over. And I think it's a perfect perfect guys to do it. But Hogan's out. He calls out. He calls Sting a coward, and the lights go out. So you know what's going to happen. Yep. Uh and the lights go out again. It's. I think this is just trying trying to figure the shit out. I really do. And the, the lights visual, come though when the lights come back on and Sting is standing on top of the uh, entrance entrance there. That was a cool visual. Like that it. was something that uh, you know that'll go down in history as one of those iconic pictures of WCW. And it's just it it, it popped me going back and watching it. Um, this couple times i watched it you know what i mean because i want to know too where the hell that set is yeah because i have no because i'm pretty sure that conrad doesn't have it i'm sure he knows might know where it is i don't know if it's in the in uh wwe the warehouse but it could be i don't know i mean they had a new set though after this before it was bought too so they made yeah. it fucking threw it away. You never right. Know. Well, that, that, that could have happened too. Um, but Sting gets down off the set and starts to come down to the ring and, and the show clo- goes out, uh, goes black. So I don't know why the fuck they did that. Why they didn't give you a little something, but uh, was, I want to get your thoughts on DDP before we get to our listener questions, but uh, I'm sure we'll talk about him in the future, but. Was DDP the biggest star between basically 97 and 99? For WCW, that is. Uh, I don't know. I think Sting has to be talked about in that category, too. Right. Well, at least at least until he until he joins the Wolfpack. Yeah, Sting. Well, even then, he was pretty well-loved in the Wolfpack, too. But 
Yeah, I would say Sting for me. Yeah. DDP just, is probably was, close second. Yeah. It was just something I've always wanted to know because I was always a big DDP fan uh, growing up. And even just with the music, dude, that was iconic music because there's always that spoof of Nirvana. And I was I was a huge Nirvana fan. Or I still am a huge Nirvana fan. Mm-hmm. Um, they're no the, queen. They're no queen. But that's, oh, that's Jesus fine. Christ. <sighs> I, well, of course, they're no queen. <laughs> <laughs> He's even better than queen is Mr. Yeah. Rich Palladino. Queen Rich. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> All hail Queen the, Rich. Oh, goddamn son. He's going to kill me. Uh, <laughs> let's send it up to the rank to him now. It's listener questions. And uh, we're recording a little bit earlier. So we only have one person submitted the questions that I posted. Imagine today. that. Imagine that. Can I guess so, the person? Sure. Would it be a loser that lives in Southern New York, wherever, Pennsylvania? Well, doesn't have I, anything to do but write questions to every podcast in the world. Here comes the money. Here we go. Money talk. So every time we actually have questions from you now, Money Mike, that is actually going to play for the first eight seconds, which ironically enough, that's ironically enough. How? Yeah, we'll just insert joke here. I I, I don't (laughs) I don't really know what to say. But eight seconds is about double the amount of time a match between him and Charlotte Flair would take. Well, there you go. There you go. That's pretty. Hey, she's single now, Mike. So have at it. Uh, So he has three questions uh, for us. Uh, his first one is, I see Fit Finley is on the card. What were your thoughts on Fit as an in-ring worker and agent? I'd like to see Fit stretch fucking money Mike myself. I would pay money for that. <laughs> oh, I would. Literally. Too. Literally. <laughs> and I would. I want Fit to do it in the mullet that he has on this show. Wait, but wait, would you want him to stretch money Mike as like Fit Finley current or Fit Finley in 97? Yeah, we're going to bring back the mullet. We're going to put a wig on right him. so fit funny fit fit, uh, fit funnily there you go fit, fit finley uh 97 would stretch money mike but no yeah his in work i think was very underrated uh because i think he just got lost in the shuffle man he really did and even when he went over to the uh, wwe uh you know he was that always that yeah. mid card guy that tv title u.s title ic title whatever uh and i and i don't think i can't speak for him personally but i think he was pretty much okay with that yeah, I mean, he's not the type of guy that's going to be a main eventer, mm-hmm. um, but he's a solid mid-card wrestler. I always thought his matches were good um, and strong as far as the way they looked. Um, but he's probably going to be remembered more as an agent just because of, um, you know, all the stuff that he did with women's the women wrestlers in WWE. And really, Fit Finley was the man who kind of helped build what is now women's wrestling altogether? We, well, yeah, and you go back and you watch a lot of this nostalgic stuff on the network now, and you see a lot of these guys and get more so got gals, uh, the women really give him his just due because he was that go to agent for uh. For, for them at Flair. that time, for Charlotte, for Sasha, for Becky, for Bailey, uh, a lot of the current talent when they're in NXT and even going back to that, because you even go back, because I'm pretty sure it was Arn and uh, was it Arn maybe? It was Arn and Fit that were doing like Trish and Molly and Lita and Victoria and all those girl women at the uh, in the uh, attitude, not attitude era, but that kind of in between attitude and uh, ruthless aggression. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, but his next question is, uh, we see Chris Jericho and Scott Hall working together on this card. Do you believe uh, a program between the two of them in WWE in 2002 would have had some merit in being and, and Ben engaging on television? I just, not really. I don't think Scott was in a real good spot back then. Um, and I don't, in 2002, when he went back to the WWE, I don't remember Scott having great matches. No. Um, you know, I just, not really is the answer to that. I mean, could yeah. they have? Maybe. I just don't know if Scott physically and mentally was in the right shape to really mm-hmm. put on a great, you know, rivalry that can get a build with Jericho. Yeah, I tend to agree with you on that, but because I in 2002, he pretty they pretty much came back with uh, Nash and himself and Hogan in the NWO at No Way Out, and the only real noticeable match that he had was with Austin at uh, WrestleMania, yeah. and that was I a think, shit show. I was gonna say I think Austin was pissed that he had to wrestle Hall in the first place. About. Well, right, and it's just like well, justly so. It's like what the fuck are you gonna? What can you do with the dude? You know, you know, they try to build up this feud with him and. You know, Hall's throwing fucking cinder blocks at his knees and all that bullshit. But yeah, I just don't think, especially in 2002, I think Scott Hall was another, like you said, wasn't in the right spot physically, mentally. Uh, Chris Jericho could probably get his way through it, but it wouldn't have been as as popular and as 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 gauging on television it was here in '97. They should have done it more in '97 here than they did. Uh, obviously, we saw it for two weeks in a row, but shit, get a, a good size feud out of them later on, too, before Jericho would have gone up to, to the comp- uh, WWE. Yeah. Uh, so Mike's final question, if I can get there real quick, I just went past it, is I want to end with the same question I asked last week. I don't know if we so now this. he's resorting to asking the same fucking. I guess, I guess so. I, I should have probably looked at these before. I put these <laughs> on the fucking run sheet and before we started recording. God but, damn. Um, All right, this is this, where we are. <laughs> I, I guess. I guess we're just storming against the wall now, Mike. Come on, man. <laughs> uh, no, I'm kidding. Uh, at this point in time, is there anything you would modify about the build to Starcade '97? Yes. And I'm pretty sure we didn't answer that last week because we talked about it during the show. I'm almost positive because I remember I remember seeing that when he submitted it and we didn't talk about it because we talked about it during the show. But anyways, go ahead. I'm sorry. Yes, I would modify it. Here's what I would do. I would not bring Bret Hart out at all. Until Starcat, Starcade. 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 OK, that, make, then, well, that makes sense. And then have Hart come out after Nick Patrick was fucking around and maybe did a fast count mm-hmm. and then have Hart come out and maybe hit Hogan with a chair or something that the ref doesn't see and sting wins, you know, cause that was going to be somewhat where I went to as well, but I also had a backup as well is I would have had um, this whole, we talked about it here in the last couple of weeks is this whole Chris Benoit and uh, the flock Raven, whatever you want to call it feud. I would have brought out uh, Raven in this episode. And then because we still two weeks out, you bring them out again next week as well. Yeah. Um, just to build that feud, man. I, like I said, I'm pretty sure we talked about it last week is I'm pretty sure he wasn't hurt. There wasn't anything wrong with him. And it was just a matter of, you know, uh, 
making everybody, you know, crave for it even more. And was it right? Okay, maybe, but go looking back on it now, it's like, okay, well, what the fuck are we doing with it? Because we want to get it and we want it to get it now. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because wrestling fans in 97 weren't with what wrestling fans are today, but um, that's the thing I would change. I would keep everything with Sting and Hogan, NWO. I'd keep that exactly the same. Uh, you know, we're going to see uh, Giant and Nash. We'll get to that next week and the following week at Starcade. But um, so we'll, we'll get, like I said, we'll get into that feud. But um, there really wasn't any other, you know, any other ones outside. Of, obviously, Dean and uh, uh, Eddie keep that the same. I wouldn't fucking touch that because that's gold. So yeah, those are pretty two of the only ones we'd have, Mike. So uh, thank you again for submitting those questions. I know it was a little bit last notice, less, less. I can't fucking last talk today. Second. Last second. There you go. So, but if you do want to submit your questions, feel free to DM us either myself at underscore ringside rant or Justin at JD twenty forty on Twitter. Uh, we're also on uh, on on Facebook and Instagram as well. But if you go over. It's, I, I, we've made it very simple for you guys. Very, very simple. You put it right into your phone right now. You put it on your browser, whatever. Go over to castpi, that's C-A-S-T-P-I-E.com slash ringside rant. You're going to have every single platformer on, including all the networks. You're going to have our merchandise. You're going to have our, uh, our link tree. You're going to have our Venmo if you want to help us out and, jo- and donate money to the show for equipment, whatever or Justin's party, hardy fund, whichever. Um, and then at the bottom of it, you're going to have all our social medias as well, or Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, all that good stuff. So without further ado, Justin, I think we can bring Elijah in this week again. Maybe he won't fuck it up this week and actually hit the right goddamn button. So Elijah, come over here, buddy. I'm not yelling at you. I'm not angry at you. I'm just disappointed in you. So come over here and hit this button. Let's get musical. Let me hear your body talk. All right, Justin. So wrestling with music has taken the internet by storm. I'm I've been told. Good, bad, and different. I don't know yet. I haven't gotten a message from Amy, so I'm pretty sure she's happy with what we did last week. So, uh, but, but I'll give you our top ten currently, and I don't. It didn't change from last week's, but I'm still going to give it to you. Starting at number ten, we have Ric Flair. Nine, Four Horsemen, Dusty Rhodes, Jake Roberts, Harlem Heat, Demolition, Bret Hart, Undertaker, NWO, Black and White, and Stone Cold Steve Austin. So check us out on your social medias. We're going to have it. We'll pin it to the tweet of um, this episode. We'll have it in the show notes. So in case you want to, hey, where is this going? Where is that going? You can look right in the show notes right now, and they're right there for you. So, Justin. Uh, it keeps on getting harder and harder each week to get these WCW themes out. I'm, I'm, I'm seeing it is, um, just basically because there's just so much NWO, um, which we've already covered. Um, so there's just not a lot of spots to find some songs here, but we found a couple that I like, I think that are pretty good. So here we go. I have a fever, and the only prescription is more cowbell. <laughs> Who would have thought of cowbell for a fucking Christmas? 
in a I think most people, when they think of Benoit's WCW music, a lot of times you think of the Four Horsemen music right. and stuff. But, you know, he used this song throughout most of 97 and 90, early 98, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of an upbeat, clap your hands kind of song. Um, it's not one that you remember a lot, but I like it. I think it's a good, it's an okay theme for WCW. It really kind of really gets you, <laughs> kind of gets you really kind of just to moving. You know what I mean? It gets that theme. It kind of, honestly, the only drawback that I have to it is it doesn't really do him justice. Like we said, a lot of these rules, quote unquote, that we have for the wrestling with music is, does it really benefit? Does it tell you about the wrestler? It doesn't really tell that much about the wrestler. Yeah. And Chris Benoit. And it would lose points for me because it doesn't really fit the character all that well. Right. Right. Um, so looking at this, the rankings that we have now, just for argument purposes, I would just put them between uh, Honky Tonk Man and Disco Inferno at, uh, and make him the new number 27. Okay. I'm good with it. You go with that? Okay. Slide him in there. Slide him into number 27. All right, Justin. So my pick uh, is a classic from WCW, I I think, because it's they're all Americans. They're tag team partners, but more importantly, they're brothers. They're the Steiner brothers. And as we know, in WWE, they went to college, too. They did? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. I I wish they would have told us every fucking time they came out. (laughs) (laughs) And they got a Letterman jacket. So there's that. Well, well, you know, you're over if you have a Letterman jacket. So what the hell? So without further ado. Just in case you didn't know what their finisher was, they told you like four fucking times in this whole app in this whole theme song. <laughs> yeah, it's another song where they kind of describe the person, right? Right, right. Um, which, which I think, you know, you're not going to do the high flying bullshit like you're going to see with uh, with the cruiserweights. You know, it's going to be a tough ass match, and you know what you're ex- going to expect. Um, but I. <sighs> I, I may be the only one that thinks this, but I really think they're their top 20. Who is 20? 20 is British Bulldog. I was going to put them right underneath Rick Rude between Rude and Bulldog. Okay, let me look at this. Which still puts them, I'll give you the rest of the 20s there. You got Bulldog currently. Bulldog is at 20. Steamboat is at 21. Shawn Michaels is at 22. Owen Hart is at 23. 
DDP's at 24 yeah. and Vader's at 25. Yeah, I like that spot in between Rude and Bulldog there. So at I'd, 20. So at I think 20 I of the Stein brothers. Oh, I got to I gotta make sure I do it right. Because if I don't put this in right now, Justin, I will fucking forget. Yeah. Man, and, the, St- the Steiners were so good, though. And that video package just played and showing off their moves and stuff. They were just, they were the they best. Were over, they were over, man. And I just wish they would have been this over in WWE, too. Yeah. Because it, it just. Well, they weren't because they were playing that shitty theme music from the University of Michigan instead of Steinerized. See, if WWE would have played Steinerized, they would have been over. What did, hey, what did University of Michigan ever do for anybody? Uh, nothing that I know of. And just for point of reference, because we didn't talk about it, fuck Tom Brady. Mm, I agree with that too. Okay. So anyways, on a, be- a better note, <laughs> we're going to move on. I just want to promote uh, guys uh, that are listening right now. Uh, we are going, we're going to be the official sponsor um, of the Dump Sanders holiday special uh, tomorrow night down in the great state of Alabama for New South Pro Wrestling. Um, the Ringside Rant is the official sponsor of the main event between the recently crowned Ring of Honor heavyweight champion Jonathan Gresham and the New South Pro Wrestling champion Adam Priest. So we're really, Justin and I are really thrilled about this to see, one, see this match, and two, see the reaction. The uh, Hopefully the fans will pop for us. I know one person down there, one Adam from Bama, uh, I think it will be at that show. So, um, so if you are in the area and want to attend the show, go to the following website, newsouth.ticketspice.com. I will put this, the uh, link in our description. If you are in the Alabama area, I highly, highly suggest you go to this show. Uh, New South Pro Wrestling puts out a phenomenal product each and every time. Absolutely phenomenal. Um, I'm thrilled. I talked about it last week about um, Adam turning me on to, uh, to their product. Uh, I've met Adam Priest. I've met Combatant Man Dan. Uh, we mentioned Casio Kid's a big fan of, uh, of their product as well. So if Casio Kid likes it, man, it's over. Um, but if you're not in the area, stay tuned to our, uh, our social media links, whether it be Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter uh, to see when the show will be shown on IWTV.com. Um, obviously, you will have to have the subscription to IWTV to to view it, but you know it, it's definitely worth everything. Independent wrestling is on a surge right now, so you definitely won't be uh, um, disappointed in that. Um, you can follow New South Pro Wrestling on Twitter at New South underscore PW. That is New South underscore PW. So thanks to our friends over there. Really looking forward to the uh, to watching this match, Justin. You mean so, they're actually they're actually doing pro wrestling and not entertainment down there? Believe it or not, yeah, I know. I was I was shocked too. I, th- I thought entertainment. Hmm. Pro- I didn't know it still existed. I, I didn't know e- I didn't know that either. I thought entertainment was all over the place, but well, independent wrestling is strong, man. I'll tell you that much right now. Um, so next week, Justin, uh, we're going to continue this trek, like I said previous to. To Starcade, we're going to be going over and ranting about the Go Home Show, uh, Go Home Nitro, excuse me, to to Starcade '97. It's going to be the twenty uh, December twenty second edition, uh, nineteen ninety seven, right there of Monday Nitro. Um, so looking forward to that. We're getting we're itching closer yeah. to Starcade. These have been fun. Uh, today was my favorite show that we watched, I think, and you yeah. know why. Um, 
a five-time WWE champion was there, and it's not Hulk Hogan. Was it so, Kevin Nash? Kevin so Nash? This, hell no. So this, <laughs> this I had this, to, man. I'm sorry. That made this show a little bit more enjoyable for me yeah. to see the Hitman and his WCW debut. Yeah. And we'll move on to next week, see what's going on before Starcade. Yeah, definitely. And also, before we get to our ranter of the week, uh, I wanted to let everybody know, still stay tuned to our, t- our Instagram or Facebook or our Twitter. If you want to be a part of the show for our Starcade episode here at the end of the month for the, I believe it'll end up uh, airing on the 31st, New Year's Eve. Um, listen to each and every episode of this month leading up to Starcade. Uh, I will put, be putting out daily that qualifications to to be a part of that show to sit down with justin and myself and watch your choice of match um from that card whatever it may be um so stay tuned to that make sure you you're writing down i know a bunch of people have already dm me justin i don't know if they have to you i said hey i'm ready writing down <laughs> writing down the theme songs um so i can be a part of the show which we, we're thrilled a lot of people are are doing that we're looking to you know this month and going forward, make it a lot more uh, listener friendly, a lot more interactive. Uh, if you have any suggestions, uh, that things that you want to hear on the show, certainly let myself or Justin know. Um, you know, we've ran it through on the show how to get a hold of us. Um, just like I said, just tell your friends, tell your family to download, subscribe to the Ringside Rant, uh, whatever podcast platform that is. Uh, we're also, like I said, we're on the Shining Wizards Network, wrestling with genres as well. Um, as full press coverage. So appreciate all three of those guys uh, for having us on those networks. But you got anything to uh, to mention before we go over to Rainer of the Week, Justin? I don't think so. Go Bearcats. Beat that fucking Alabama rolling shit, whatever their name is, down there. I, I, I can't top that, so I'm just going to go with that. So with that being said, let's head over to a ranter of the week, Mr. Eric Brown from Doing the Favor podcast. You can follow them on Twitter at Doing the Favor. So, Eric, take it away. RJ, Justin, Ringside Rant. Thank you for having me on. This is Eric Brown from Doing the Favor podcast. Um, RJ asked me to do a rant on the December 15th, 1997 episode of WCW Nitro. So I'm going to do the best I can. I've watched the show. Um, RJ, Love you, brother, for giving me homework, having me watch a three-hour show. I appreciate that. I definitely needed that in my life. <laughs> just playing. Me and RJ have a charming back and forth. Um, yeah, the thing I just looking back brings back the memories. You know, Hogan's a champ. Uh, Kurt Hanks, the, the, the U.S. champ. The Steiners, the tag team champ. Disco Inferno's the television champ. Cruiserweight champs, Eddie. So, really fun time for me to remember back on. Obviously, you're building up the Starcade 97, that whole Sting deal. One of the best storylines ever. So, obviously, this show is very NWO heavy. I, I do wish it was a little more match heavy, just because, you know, I, I like wrestling matches. But, you know, if you like wrestling matches, sometimes Nitro might not be for you. I think we had a total of this mat, this show. I think we had the total bell time is 38 minutes and 31 seconds. And that's an extra hour compared to what they're normally doing back then, too, for the buildup. But still, a really fun show. You start out with the NWO Heavy. You have Shivani, Tanae, Larry Zbysko in the booth at the time, obviously. And then you have the NWO come out with Bischoff leading them. Uh, no Kevin Nash. They had Masahiro Chono was there. And they're in Charlotte, obviously. Um, 
which is kind of funny because we did a watch along for December 11th, I want to say 1995, and they were in uh, North Carolina as well. So it must have just been the loop. Got a Ray Trailer Vincent mash here. I, the one thing that stuck out from this was uh, Tanae trying to call the Boss Man Slam trailer trash. I thought that was funny. Um, you know, and obviously there was a run-in by the Ravens flock, and NWO didn't come out to help Vincent, really, so that was kind of hilarious to me. Disco Inferno gets a win. Had a nice little finish there. Not a big Disco Inferno fan, but just, you know, gotta see a win. Not a lot of great rustling here. I did like the Dean Malenko fit Finley match, just because that's my style of match. Uh, Eddie was on commentary for this. Apparently that's a thing he was doing at the time leading up to their match. So a uh, six, little six-minute match was kind of fun, just uh, typically what you'd think you'd see out of a Dean Malenko fit Finley match. You did have a nice tag team match with Ray and Hoovy against LaParka and Psychosis. I'm a big LaParka guy, so that was fun to see. This was probably the best match on the card. Uh, I didn't always see this, these guys just so ahead of their time, basically, for what they were. That match holds up today. That's only in the first hour, what I just talked about. The second hour, you have Shivani Tanay, and then Bobby Heenan comes in. You know, you have Gene Okerlund coming out with the Charlotte Police Chiefs, Doug Dillinger in the ring, Arn Anderson coming down, huge pot for the horsemen, all that shit, which is all very cool. Some Nitro Girls, you got a Scott Hall Jericho match, which is fun. I love Mongo, big Mongo guy. I think just what he was able to I don't think he gets enough credit for what he was able to do, actually, as someone who was a football player and came in very green and actually got over. So, all in all, a good show, a good tag team match with the Steiners and Conan and Scott Norton. Also, love the Randy Savage Booker T match. So, fun show to watch, fun time to look back on. Remember, as a wrestling fan, 1997, I was a senior in high school, so this is very much in my wheelhouse. But thank you guys so much for having me on. I really appreciate it. I know I went a little bit long. You guys, check out uh, Ringside Rant. Obviously, you listen to it now, but obviously, check out Doing the Favorite Podcast with me and Barry Frost as well. All right, thanks, guys. Peace.